All right, welcome back to the Grace Extended Podcast. We are riding without our fearless leader once again, Steve Kalanin. Uh, so I, uh, Aaron Savertson, the senior pastor here at Grace, will be facilitating a conversation today with Pastor Joe Yu, our associate pastor here at Grace, and Christy Scarpa, who's our women's ministry director. And we are eventually going to start talking about discipleship in the local church and the different ways that canon does happen in general, and then here at Grace, but I do have an icebreaker question first. And I think rule 101 of icebreakers is don't call it an icebreaker. So I'm already uh, past that phase, but here's what I, what I want to know. I'm very intrigued by this. I think you can get a lot to know about a person by asking, what is your favorite season and why? That's part one. There's part two of this icebreaker. Part two is you have to rank the seasons from favorite to least favorite. So I see you're both thinking intently, but Christy looks more confident in her answer. So Christy, favorite season and why go. I am very confident in my answer on this one. <laughs> Fall is my favorite season. Ooh. Okay. And it is because I don't like either extreme of weather. I don't like super hot and I don't like super cold. And spring has allergies. So fall, fall it is. Also just really like, I like the crisp. I like the, you know, putting a sweater on, you know, kind of thing. I don't know. I do like, I do like fall, just the, the kind of in between. All right. That was, that was a well thought out answer for on the spot. Well, well done. All right. All right, Joe, favorite season. Then we're coming back to you. You got to rank. Christy's got to rank, rank the seasons. No, that's part two. That's part two. two. Yeah. Both both are doing part one first. Yep. Just trying to buy myself some time. No, this is the power seat that Steve's in. I'm already jealous. Like this is (laughs) great. Um, I would have to say my favorite season is summer. Um, Partly because this is usually the time where my family takes vacations. Yeah. Um, so getting some time off is good. Um, I also like uh, being able to just be outdoors all day, um, get some sun in. Um, has It's a season where there's seems to be the most activity uh, going on. Um, so I like the, the, the vibrancy of the season. Yeah, you like the action. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I always say, I always, I would tell people, um, if the Lord had not called me to this particular place that is Bergen County, um, my dream kind of ministry would be out in Hawaii on the beach Mm -hmm. with a, with a small church. And we would have outdoor barbecue every Sunday after service. Hey man, great. Grace Church, Hawaii. Let's make it happen. <laughs> you could get some people in on that. Yeah, that is our missional strategy. Yeah, except I think our whole staff would just go with you, and I'd be left yeah. alone yeah. in New Jersey. <laughs> so it's awesome. Well, I, I've had I've had a lot uh, more time to to think about this answer since I knew the question was coming. So it's a little unfair, but I also I'm going to complicate it, and I feel like I have two answers, but I can't give it. But the reason why I think I have two is is there's, there's the answer of weather, what weather I like the most, mm. but then when you factor in everything, what season, you know, 
uh, do I like the most? So weather, this is not my answer, but just pure weather wise, I would choose fall, but favorite season, summer still edges it out. And I think that's just the child in me of like that anticipation of uh, weather getting warmer. It's light till like eight or nine o'clock. You know, you didn't have to stop playing outside. You had no school. And like that, I think just forever, I, I don't think I can give that up. So, all right, back around the horn to Christy to part two, rank the seasons uh, in order from right. favorite has, to least favorite. This has changed over the last couple of years because Ooh, breaking news. Yeah. Um, so I'll rank and then I'll explain. So fall first. Summer second, winter third, and Ooh. spring last. Wow. And that used to not be the case, but um, my 10-year-old has terrible allergies. Like he's so, oh, he's miserable oh. all of spring. And it just makes me hate it. I really, really actually enjoy spring and I've never suffered from allergies, but watching the misery, I, I just, I'm mad. I'm mad at spring now. So we're on the tail end. He's doing much better now um, as this is being recorded, but that would, that's why spring jumps to the last. Yeah. Not only a solid answer, but you also win most loving parent on this podcast. Uh (laughs) Empathetic, but I I know, I know uh, Joe, your son has has gotten the allergy hit hard this year too, but um, now, now that might color your, your answer here because you know, uh, cause I just revealed that, but do you Joe, care right, about your son as much as that? Yeah, I don't know. That's, that was <laughs> not across the bow, but, um, all right, Joe, you're up. I'm not the parent of the year <laughs> spring, even though my son has been suffering from allergies is not my least favorite season, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, yeah, if I were to rank the seasons, I would say it's summer first and then second would be fall. Cause it reminds me of some of the best times of my life uh, in college when I had become a Christian, met my wife and, you know, mm. it was a beautiful time uh, seeing the leaves change color and the weather is starting to get cooler um, weather wise. So that's second place. Third is spring <laughs> uh, with the weather starting to break and getting a little bit warmer. You see the leaves budding um, just a wonderful time. And last is winter uh, because it is cold and muddy and miserable in many ways yeah that used to be my fourth yeah no. <laughs> the close yeah third and fourth for me yeah well joe while, while christy took the the parenting mantle you you snuck in a good a good uh husband of the year line there yeah there of, you go <laughs> drinking, uh, that being one of the reasons oh it wasn't your favorite it was your second favorite so, <laughs> solid job by both of you so especially not knowing this question was coming um i would rank summer then fall uh again weather wise thanksgiving right in the in the heart of it and uh the less um uh uh, spiritual answer it's football season and it's just it's just great <laughs> great little run there throughout the fall and then third spring and fourth winter but my only qualifier will say is that the the distance between favorite to least favorite has shrunk in recent years I don't not like winter as much as I used to um, because there's certain aspects I think part of it is having young kids 
it's much easier putting them to bed in the winter when it's already dark at five o'clock, you know, like, you know, the, when it's light, late, you just, you, you gotta be a lot more creative. It's convincing them it's bedtime. And, um, and so, yeah. And being that we're a church in New Jersey, not a question for right now, but it is, is New Jersey the place where you get the most distinct four seasons? Mm. You know, because if, if, if there's something I have heard over the years of people who moved to, you know, let's say California, Florida, Texas from New Jersey, you'll often hear that one thing they miss is the seasons, like the distinct change in seasons uh, of New Jersey. So um, if it's not us, it's got to be around us, that kind of like mid-Atlantic. Yeah, maybe quite New Virginia. Yeah, Virginia, Maryland, yeah. Mm-hmm. maybe that somewhere, somewhere. Maybe we're on the north end of that zone. Yeah. So. Anyway, but yes, we, uh, I, I feel like I know you both so much more now and uh, you know that I'm a terrible parent, terrible parent, but a great, <laughs> husband, you know, but a great husband. So You're a pretty decent yeah. husband. Maybe it was not number one. <laughs> um, all right. Well, conversation that we want to have, and again, you know, we, um, want to be relatively brief with it, but we, it doesn't mean that this is an unimportant topic. Um, but Joe and Christy, you guys are, uh, amongst the kind of top leadership in our church of forming and shaping adult ministries and through those ministries, men and women in this church who, to grow in the likeness of Christ, grow in their knowledge of Christ, and then equip them to make him known. Um, and the two primary ways we see that done at grace through a programmatic level are grace classes um and grace groups and so first question i'll give it to you uh joe why do we distinguish between classes and groups in that discipleship process what why, why is that important for the discipleship of a, of a man or a woman yeah so so as i think about kind of the difference between our groups and our classes i think about kind of like different modes of learning, right? So if in grace groups, it's a if it's a primary place in which we um, live in kind of relationship with one another and grow in our relationship with one another. And I would say that's more um, in the mode of maybe experiential learning of, uh, what it means to be a Christian and, and the implications of the gospel. Yeah. Right. It's in the, it's in the lived experience, um, that we, uh, see the gospel come alive in our lives. Um, it's a place in which we come together and learn to kind of process some of these questions that arise out of our learning of the gospel, uh, together. And, and again, we see it come alive in, uh, the experience of uh, one another. And so if I think about grace groups, I think about it in terms of maybe experiential learning uh, mm-hmm. of the gospel. That's good. When I think about grace classes, I think about it more in terms of like kind of cognitive learning, right? So as much as we may um, uh, learn Christianity, um in the experience of one another in, in grace groups. Um, 
I think there, there's there's a limit to that, you know, when, especially when it comes to kind of some of the heavier theological concepts or or digging deeper into uh, script portions of the Bible, right? Um, there there are ways in which we learn those. We have to learn those things apart from Sundays and apart from uh, grace groups, right? Because again, grace groups is primarily about relationships. Hmm. And even Sundays, they're primarily about worship, right? And so uh, one of the things that I love about our church uh, and, and our church's preaching is that we uh, heavily emphasize kind of expository preaching in which we want to see the Bible come alive. But even there, uh, and of course, there's learning that can happen there, uh, but the primary kind of goal of uh, preaching on Sundays is, to, is for worship. Right, it's to see uh, God come alive from scriptures in order for us to worship Him as He is revealed in His Word. And so, of course, there's some over- overlap there, but I think uh, in general, I think I see kind of grace groups and grace classes as two different modes of learning. Yeah, no, that's really good. How about you, Christy? What would you add to that? Oh, I mean, very similar. I think that's I think that's spot on. I think um, you know I've been involved with both with classes and grace groups over the years. And I just, I get something different out of both of them. I think they're both really helpful and beneficial, right? If we're thinking of making disciples of just this idea of, um, you know, growing in our faith and having these connections, these communities, I think you get different connections in a class than you do with a grace group. And I just think they're both um, really helpful. I think for, for groups, you know, you're able to get to this kind of deeper level, as I think Joe, you know, kind of mentioned, um, you know, you're sharing prayer requests, you're, you're getting to, um, just to a deeper level where, you know, with a class, there's more of a teaching time, there's more knowledge, you know, there's more information kind of coming at you, which I think is really helpful too. Um, yeah, I think they're both really beneficial, both needed, um, but very, very different. I think you get fed in very different ways from both of them. Yeah. I, you know, I think about the word disciple, you know, kind of the literal uh, uh, meaning to be a learner, right? So to be a, a disciple of Jesus Christ is to be a Jesus learner and learning into maturity as we grow into, you know, his image and the parallel of children um, growing into maturity that I think we would widely affirm that children need learning environments of a school setting where they're being taught, but then the growing and maturity is not just going to school, right? There, there, there's an element of being around family, friends, culture, where they are learning experientially, as you said, Joe, you know, and there's that phrase that more is caught than taught. Um, that, you know, that, that phrase doesn't mean that teaching is, is not, and teaching environments are not necessary, but that they're just not sufficient. Mm-hmm. And so it, I think it seems to us that glass classes and groups are both vital and neither are sufficient in and of themselves to grow people into the likeness of Christ, to be Christ learners. Um, and, and that there's uh, an element missing if, if we're only doing one or the other. So that kind of leads to my next question of one thing that we literally are wrestling through as we speak as a church of how to, cast that vision, how to piece that together just programmatically and logistically is 
how do we prevent from pitting classes and groups against one another? You know, like how do we keep from making that an either or um, as opposed to a both and? And I ask that because we're all probably predisposed to more than one or the other. You know, we're probably more predisposed to fellowship based connection, prayer requests, going deep in one another's lives and others just, you know, give me the class, give me the homework, give me the lecture, things to kind of chew on. So, so why, why should we challenge ourselves to, to see that as a both and in our own discipleship diet and not just choosing one? What do you think, Christy? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think that, um, you have to be aware of, where you sort of lean, I think, and be willing to, um, to step out in a space that you might not naturally step out in and, and sort of give yourself that if, you know, if you're recognizing, and that's probably what comes from the leadership, recognizing the benefit of both, like this will not waste your time. This is going to help you mature. This is going to be for your benefit to look more like Christ and, and, um, grow in this area. Um, so I think being willing to, um, try them out, even if you think you are more comfortable in one or the other, um, you know, like we said in the last question, both have benefits, both have, you know, negative to that, you know, you're going to get something different out of both. So, um, I think recognizing your season is probably a big thing also just recognizing what season you're in and honestly asking yourself, you know, am I recognizing the value, uh, for, for both of them, making space for both of them. I think just being aware of what you're drawn to and, um, you know, really asking yourself, am I willing to commit to grow in my relationship to the Lord, even if it makes me uncomfortable, if it puts me in a situation that I'm not fully comfortable in. Yeah, that's great. What do you think, Joe? Yeah, I, 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 I think that's such a great thought, Christy, because, you know, I, I think about myself and, you know, if, you know, if I just had it comfortable, I'll just, I'd never join a grace group, <laughs> just go to grace classes and, right. you know, um, to have my intellect be stimulated and, and, and be inspired uh, off of that and um, just kind of live in my head as opposed to uh, seeing the things that I learned kind of being lived out in, in the lives of like real people right? yeah. and be held accountable to the, to the wonderful truths that I learned that are meant to uh, really kind of change uh, my life. And, and I think, and I think that's a real danger of uh, not being kind of well-rounded right in our discipleship, right. With community and with kind of real uh, learning in terms of, of, of having knowledge kind of passed down, uh, passed on uh, to you, right? So if you think about kind of people that have uh, that are more drawn towards classes, right? The, the 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 temptation there is for that knowledge to just be all head, right? Yeah. And not have it kind of come down and out into your heart and your hands, right? Um, but you know, if you're just kind of all about relationships and in community and those kinds of things, you know, you may intuitively have a sense of uh, the gospel being kind of lived out, right? Uh, but there uh, may, be, may be a kind of lack of substance, if you will, in terms of um, not just being able to articulate what it is that is happening as the Spirit does His work in terms of uh, having the gospel take its effect in your life, but uh, really being able to interpret the real events of your life in ways that is 
uh, in line with scripture, right? And, and therefore in line with uh, God's will for your life. And one of the things that I know we talked about as a staff and uh, the thing that we would really encourage everybody listening and to everybody in our church family it would be that, you know, we really want everybody to join a grace group. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's just an essential component of what it means to be a part of a church, right? Mm-hmm. Not just a Sunday gathering, but for us to be gathering in one another's homes, right? Acts 2, right? Breaking bread and opening up scripture and being praying for one another and fellowshipping with one another. But there may come a, a point in the life of your group where you come together as a group uh, to say, you know, I think there's a there's a class on the doctrine of adoption that's coming up. And I think we would really benefit uh, as a group, if we attended this class together, yeah, right, to be learning, and so I think there there really should be this kind of ebb and flow uh, to the life of our community, where we are really kind of investing in relationship with one another, uh, but for a season, saying no, I think this is a time where we really invest in kind of the head knowledge and some of the uh, going deeper into portions of the Bible that will really kind of benefit our group uh, going going forward, right? Yeah process what we learn together in relationships. And so I do think we need both. We absolutely need both. Yeah. And, you know, when Paul talks in first Corinthians 12 of there being uh, many members, but one body, you know, I know we often talk about that in terms of people being part of a church and members of a church and everyone has different gift set, but also I think even within the discipleship process that um, classes and groups are distinct from one another, but in many ways they're dependent upon one another uh, that you know, neither can kind of say to the other that you're more or less important than uh, than the other in the forming of disciples of of kind of engaging um, the minds, but then also stirring the hearts. And so, here's a not so smooth segue, but I think it's somewhat of a segue. That idea of distinct and dependent—that's also language we use for men and women in the church. That men and women in the church are distinct from one another, but are dependent on one another for the carrying out of the mission that God has called us to know Christ and make him known. And that um, one of the ways that we kind of see that play out is that a part of our class curriculum is doing same gender classes. And in fact, we're right at the tail end of our spring session of classes that um you guys are both teaching in Christy, um, along with two other women in the church, um, Sherry Denlinger and Jill Critchfield are teaching through Philippians with um, with the women of grace. And then Joe is taking through a class of men at grace through the doctrine of adoption, as you mentioned. So why do we feel those classes are necessary or having some of those, you know, quote unquote, same gender learning environments, part of our class diet, so to speak. And, you know, I'll go to you kind of first, Christy, because I think one of the things, one of the major shifts we've seen at Grace over the last several years that you've been a very meaningful part of is casting women's ministry, uh, which usually does get kind of typecasted into that more fellowship-based community, kind of spending just time together, as opposed to theological, rich Bible study where we're going deep. Uh, and, and we've just seen how beautiful that's been um, at Grace and the growth and the hunger of that um, desire amongst the women here. So why do you think that those same gender environments are helpful to have um, at the church? Yeah. Again, I see, you know, obviously, just to start off, both are necessary and both are helpful. You know, this isn't like a I think when I stepped into this role, it was very much not wanting this to be, okay, here's women's ministry over here. Here's the women. We'll just stay over here and keep them happy with 
you know, with snacks and, and chit chat and all that. So I think really understanding the importance, like you said, of, of, um, deep study, deep, right. Like we're learning to study the Bible. Um, just the, just the gun jump in. So our, our, you know, maybe I wasn't clear too, but our classes are not exclusively men's and women's classes. They include men's and women's classes as part of the, you know, the slate that we offer each year. Yeah. Right. Because yeah, understanding that both both are good, and it's interesting. I think talking to a few people just this week, um, preparing for this podcast, people again have um, a leaning one side or the other. Some people really prefer a mixed gender class. Some people really prefer a single gender class. So that's where offering both is really helpful um, and beneficial. I think um, there's there's a different dynamic in in both. I when I'm in a group. You know, and this is where it's even a bigger conversation of when I'm in a small group of women and a small group of mixed gender or in a class of women and a class of mixed gender, even those dynamics are different, you know, sure. and and all have their benefits and all have, you know, negatives to those as well. Um, I think, you know, the first thing I thought of when I heard this question was um, trauma and and sort of not knowing where people are coming from when they enter a room, right? And assuming everyone has some sort of trauma and sort of for me thinking of, um, you know, specifically women, are they walking into a room of men and women when they have some kind of trauma and that might be really hard. They might just never come, you know, to a small group um, with men and women or to a class with men and women. But if they're in a class with, just women, they might have more of an opportunity to share. They might open up, they might build this community of women Mm. and then get the help that they need to, you know, heal from that trauma and then be able to experience both. Um, So I think that's just, I I think I'm very aware when I'm teaching a class, um, just recognizing that everyone is coming from different places and not assuming anything really, or there could be trauma, you know, that could go for men also, of course, um, there could be trauma with your own gender and you're more comfortable in mixed gender, you know, it just, it's kind of all over the place. So I think just offering both recognizing that there's a difference and that both are important, um, and hopefully healing from anything, um, that would prevent you from being involved in either. Uh, I'm going to stop there. Joe, what, what would you say about the, the value of, of, of gender specific classes as part of the discipleship plan. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And I think Christy brought up a good point in terms of us needing all of these kind of different spaces. And one of, one of the things that I just kind of had one of the concepts that was like uh, hammered home for me um, time and time again, in my ministry training was this concept of contextualization um, you know, how we're, how we're going to present the gospel to different demographics. And I do think this is a part where, uh, we acknowledge and celebrate the fact that God made us, uh, gendered creatures, right. With differences, uh, of course, many, many similarities as well. Uh, but be thinking about, and, and that really does affect the way we teach the class. Like as, as Christy had mentioned, like, I'm just thinking, you know, I just taught a class on the doctrine of adoption. Right. And the ancient Roman practice of uh, adoption was reserved for men. Right. And so if we were to kind of 
teach this class to if and if this was a women's class, right? There are a whole host of things that would be brought up in terms of um, the Bible's kind of depiction of women's rights, for example, right? And that would be a huge part of what would be taught. Not not that that's unimportant if in a class that is taught to men, uh, but it would just be a concept that is uh, more kind of. Um, be more of a given, right, uh, towards towards men and more kind of uh, naturally uh, identifiable uh, and relatable uh, to men. And, and, and that kind of ancient practice of adoption being more translated more directly to the experience of men. So that's just a really small way in which uh, the given material that would be taught, um, that would be taught differently, Right. If it was uh, a co-ed class, if it was a class taught to women and a class taught to uh, men. And so I think I I think it's one of those things where we uh, think about kind of with each given topic, how would it be taught and what are our goals in teaching this class uh, that would be dictated differently if it was a gender class, if it was a co-ed class. And I think there's value in, uh, as Christy said before, relationally too, right? And, and going through a given material uh, with other men and with other women uh, yeah. in, gendered, in gendered ways. Yeah, no, that's great. Both answers really, really helpful to envision that and flesh it out. And I think at the bottom line, or at the end of the day, we want to make disciples at Grace Church. And before we are men and women, we are all disciples of Jesus Christ. And we're all right children of God. And we want all disciples to be engaged in the word. Um, we want every person to be a theologian in a sense, and to be able to think deeply on those things, and also to be relationally connected, right? And, and that is not gender specific, right? That is disciples of Christ first before you're a man of Christ or a woman of Christ. Um, and that gender specific environments can contribute to that work of making disciples while it's not the exclusive way to make disciples. And I think that's a really important distinguishing, disting, distinguishment to make because uh, it seems in the greater church culture that the divide amongst men and women is, is too pronounced. And, and it's almost different ways of discipling them uh, all together, as opposed to them all being disciples and, and utilizing the way that God has made us distinct in certain ways to serve that and not to detract from it. Um, so um, that's great. Final question. And, you know, it could be quick and, you know, is how do, um, how do these environments, both classes and groups, contribute to the mission we have a grace to know Christ and make him known. Um, you know, if, and, and maybe this is the way to ask if somebody at grace, well-meaning been attending, but they're asking their own heads, why do, do I need to do this? Well, you know, why, why do I need to make the time for this? And you have one minute with them. What do you say? You first, Joe. So years ago, uh, when I was in college, I was helping out with a youth group and there was a guest speaker. I don't even know, I remember his name. I don't even remember um, the the large portions of, of what he had talked about it, but I remember the outline. Um, he said, when it comes to the gospel, he said, first, you got to know it. But secondly, he said, you got to know it. To, no, sorry. He said, you got to know it to grow it. Hmm. 
But then he said, you got to grow it to show it. Mm. And it, it just always stuck with me. And this was, I don't know, 14, 15 years ago. Um, uh, but yeah, it always kind of s- s- stuck with me, right? Um, that in order for us to know Christ and to make him known, uh, we need to know Christ. Mm-hmm. And the knowing Christ involves both classes and uh, groups, as we talked about before. And it's in that environment in which uh, we can grow in our knowledge of Christ. And only when we grow in our knowledge of Christ can we begin to show it to others. Now, whether that comes in the form of showing the knowledge, right, in, in, in the form of being able to articulate it in different ways with those around you, or showing it in terms of kind of with your conduct, right, with your good deeds, right, if we talk about ministry of word and deed, um, if, you know, in, in terms of showing it through your deeds, whatever the case may be, you know, both are absolutely crucial. Yeah, really good. How about you, Christy? Right. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was a great answer. Um, I think similar, um, right? If our mission, if our vision is to make disciples who know Jesus and make him known, you know, we, I, I hear you say this often, Aaron, you know, the, the Sunday gathering is arguably the most important, right? That is not something that we should stop doing, meeting together, hearing the gospel preach, um, you know, serving on a Sunday morning. That is such an important um, aspect of growing in our faith, but it can't be the only part. Um, and I, I remember someone from a small group years ago saying that he um, wanted to raise his hand in the middle of a sermon because he just wanted to wanted to talk about it. You know, he would hear something and then he was like, oh, I can't I can't discuss this right now. I can't ask my question and talk about this. And I think um, that's just a really helpful thing when you are growing in your faith is just being able to ask those questions and be in a space that is safe for that and and really being able to um you know get get messy we jill and i talk about this a lot we're um as we're leading uh the in-person philippians class of you know this is going to be uncomfortable this is going to be a little bit messy and we really want you to dig in and do this work and then have this conversation as your you know as your table discusses scripture and really really just talking about it. So I think that there's just something really rich about having that discussion, having that kind of interactive space to um, grow you and then to grow others. Yeah, no, really good guys. Appreciate uh, the time and insight. I think it's, you've, you've been able to distill this pretty big topic down for us in some ways that we can, can grab hold on to. And just as a final word, you know, I'll say, most of our focus on this class is things that we get from classes and groups, but a big component is also how God uses us and what we give to others in the midst of those groups that we're not doing this in the vacuum, but we're doing it as a part of a local church. And I can say with 100% confidence as a pastor who has taught classes and led groups, sometimes it's the people who are newest to the faith, asking the questions, wrestling through this, doing it for the first time that had blessed and served me in their wrestling, questioning, searching, and learning. And so this is not only something that, uh, you know, mature believers give to uh, immature believers or seekers, but that truly everybody 
in a group or in a class contributes to it and contributes to uh, kind of the end goal uh, that we're seeking. So appreciate your guys' time. Looking forward to the days ahead of grace, both in our classes and in our groups, and just excited to see what God does in and through it. So appreciate you guys. Enjoy this spring into summer uh, little segue we're heading into now, and we'll talk to you guys soon. All right. See you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Grace Extended. Grace Extended is a podcast production of Grace Church in Ridgewood, New Jersey. To find out more about Grace Church, go to gracechurchnj.net. Do you have any questions about the show? Or would you like to find out what it would be like to join our podcast team at Grace Church? Send us an email at gracenjpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back next time, and we look forward to seeing you then.